Welcome, I'm Michelle Berkey, and this is Praying Scripture, a weekday broadcast where we use God's own words to honor Him and to talk to Him about the things going on in our life and in our world. Join me as we dive into episode 31 today, and we're going to pray our way through four different subjects. We're going to be in worship, we're going to be in Psalm 22 for 19 through 31, those verses. We're going to be in a personal prayer and a prayer for our culture. Today, we're going to start with a new focus in our worship time, and it is on God's eminence. Now, that is a big, fancy word that we don't hear that often, and you may have no idea what that means. It refers to His presence within His creation, not to be confused with the word imminent, which refers to the timing of Jesus' return to earth. So it's the difference between an I and an E. This is His eminence. So belief in God's eminence means that God is present in all of creation while he remains distinct from it. In other words, there's no place where God is not. His sovereign control extends everywhere at all times. So we have two verses for today. We have Colossians 1.17, and it reads, And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Job 12, verse 10, In his hand is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. So let's go ahead and get started, and we will open in worship about His imminence. Father, You are amazing, far beyond what we can imagine with our limited understanding. But today we honor You because You are able to be everywhere in Your creation. You are before all things, and Christ in You all things hold together. You have us, all of us, all of creation, in the palm of Your hand, and Jesus, You hold it all together. In your hand is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. Every living thing, from the sparrow to my puppy to my son to me, the breath of all mankind is found in your hands. And we can rest in that, that you are everywhere and that you have your hand on all of life, all of our lives. And we rest in that today. We honor you for the fact that you are everywhere in your creation at all times. So grateful for the fact that you are so much bigger than I am and so much bigger than I can imagine. As we head into our prayer time today, Father, I ask that you would guide me, that you would direct our hearts. We're going to hit some crazy topics this week, and so I pray that you would really speak to us in our responses and that as we pray these, you run to answer these prayers. In Jesus' name. Amen. Psalms today, we are finishing up Psalm 22. So we're in verses 19 through 31. And as a reminder of what this psalm is, this is our third day. We're going to finish it out. In our post-resurrection time, we read this passage, this psalm, as pointing to the death of Christ. Friday's was very explicit in describing the death of Christ. In Old Testament times, though, it was sung as a lament. It's a prayer. It's written by David, and it's all about feeling abandoned by God in the midst of an attack by enemies. I am going to read, pray, read, pray today. But you, Lord, don't be far away. My strength, come quickly to help me. Rescue my life from the sword, my only life from the power of these dogs. Save me from the lion's mouth, from the horns of wild oxen. Lord, you are our Savior. You are the one who can rescue us. You are our strength, and we ask you to come quickly to help us. Rescue us from the things that we're battling in our lives today. You answered me, David says. I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you in the assembly. You who fear the Lord, praise him. 
All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. All you descendants of Israel, revere him. For he has not despised or abhorred the torment of the oppressed. He did not hide his face from him, but listened when he cried to him for help. Lord, just as you did for David, you will listen to us. You will come quickly and answer us, and then we will proclaim your name to our brothers and sisters. We will praise you in the assembly of your people, all you who fear God. All my brothers and sisters listening to this and praying with me today, we must fear God. We must honor him. We must revere him, for he has not despised or abhorred our oppression. All of us are oppressed in some way, and I don't mean that to take lightly those who are truly oppressed, but he will not turn his back on those of us who need help. David says, I will give you praise in the great assembly. Because of you, I will fulfill my vows before those who fear you. The humble will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, all the families of the nations. Lord, we do praise you. You've rescued us in the past and you will rescue us again. You are faithful to your people. We will fulfill our vows before those who fear you. The humble will eat and be satisfied, and those who seek you will praise you. And all the ends of the earth will remember, and they will turn to the Lord. Father, I ask that you would bring that to pass, all the families of all the nations, that we would honor you and love you forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, y'all, I skipped a whole section. Hold on, I wasn't done. All the families of the nations will bow down before you. For kingship belongs to the Lord. He rules the nations. All who prosper on earth will eat and bow down. All those who go down to the dust will kneel before him, even the one who cannot preserve his life. Their descendants will serve him. The next generation will be told about the Lord. They will come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet to be born. They will declare what he has done. That's the end. All right, Father, you are sovereign. Everyone will bow before you. Kings and the poor and the middle class and those who hate you and those who love you all will bow down before you. Let us tell the next generation about the Lord so that they will come and declare your righteousness to a people yet to be born so that your gift passes from generation to generation and they will declare what he has done. In Jesus' name, amen. We have two more sections of prayer today. One is for ourselves and one is for our culture. And the focus in each of those sections changes each week. This week, we're focusing on submission, on submitting our own hearts to God. And we are going to be in two, two passages that give us examples of Jesus's submission. How better to start the week when talking about our own hearts is to look at Jesus' example. So we'll be in Luke 22, verse 42, and Philippians 2, 5 through 11. So I'm going to read those both and then we'll pray. Luke twenty two forty two says, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Philippians 2, 5 through 11 reads, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him, and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father." Jesus, you are an example to us beyond anything we can imagine. You humbled yourself and gave up heaven. 
You humbled yourself as a person and gave yourself up over to death, even death on a cross. You asked before you did that, that if the Father was willing, that he would remove this cup from you. Nevertheless, you submitted yourself to his will, said his will shall be done, not your own. Even before your death, looking, staring at your death, you submitted to the Father's will. And I pray, Lord, that we would echo your obedience, that we would use your example as a constant inspiration for our own submission. You came in the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Father, let us come to our own lives, to our own families, to our own communities, to our own neighbors, to our own enemies in the form of a servant. In Jesus' name, amen. Last section today, we are praying, you're never going to believe this, we are praying this week for politics. Yes. So those two subjects that you are never supposed to talk about, religion and politics, we are going to do both this week. Now, I want to tell you this, with all honesty and love in my heart, there are Christians on the right in our culture who believe that only Christians on the right are going to be in heaven. And there are Christians on the left who believe that there are no two Christians other than on the left. And I will tell you what, both of those groups are going to be surprised when they get to heaven, and there are Christians of all kinds in heaven. So I say that to tell you this is not about which politics that we are believing. Not, I'm not telling you what to believe. I'm not telling you who to vote for. This is not about that. But instead, we're going to look at the process this week, and we are going to pray God into the process for the remainder of the week. But today, we're going to look at our own responsibility and that we are supposed to be praying for our leaders, praying for our politicians, praying for the process, for our political process. So in 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4, it says, First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. We recognize the first part of that verse, right? We know we are supposed to pray for our leaders. But look at why. So that we might lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it pleases God because he desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. We're praying for our leaders so that we can live a quiet and godly life so that we can influence the world for Jesus. Daniel 2.21 says, He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. So let's pray. Lord, you tell us that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. You specifically mention kings and those who are in high positions. Lord, teach us how to pray for our leaders with a godly heart. Teach us how to pray in ways that honor you and permanently affect the course of our nation. Lord, teach us to give not only intercessions, not only asking for the things that we want in their lives, but also thanksgivings. Lord, you provide us our government. We have a stable government. We have had a stable government for years and years and years, and I thank you for that. We have a government that changes hands, that doesn't go too far one way or the other because we can change its hands. Father, I thank you for that. I thank you for leadership that you've given me, whether I agree with it or I don't agree with it. I thank you for it. 
help me, teach me to pray the way you want me to pray. And for each individually, that might be different, but teach me and each listening how they should be praying for our leaders so that we might live a quiet and dignified and peaceful life, a godly life. Lord, that is what we want. We want to live a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in all respects. This pleases you because you want all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. So I ask for those reasons that you would teach us to pray for our leadership, that we would be thankful and interceding for our leadership. Daniel declares that you change times and seasons. You remove and set up kings and leadership. You give wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. Lord, I pray that our leadership is one that would be wise and knowledgeable. I pray that they would look to you. I pray that they would truly humble themselves and look to you for wisdom and for knowledge. Lord, I ask that you have your hand in our politics this season. We have an election year and we need your presence in our politics. You can do miracles at this point. We have months and all it takes is an instant for you. Lord, do miracles in our political process this season. Lord, I hand it to you. You set up and remove leaders. And I pray that you would do that according to your wishes this season. And I leave that with you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you guys so much for praying with me today. I do this every weekday, so I'll be back tomorrow, and I would love to have you join me. If you're watching this broadcast on Facebook and you found it helpful, you find it useful, and you want to invite others to pray with us, that would be great. I would love to have you share it with someone who would appreciate it. If you're a podcast listener, it significantly helps us if you subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. We can have more people join our voice in prayer if more people see the broadcast. My heart, as we pray together in this time, is that we will all grow in our prayer lives. I pray that God will use this time to direct your heart in your circumstances as He directs my heart in my circumstances. I pray that He will answer these prayers in mighty, mighty ways. But most of all, I hope and pray that you will fall deeper in love with the God who gave us these words that we are praying. Amen. Amen.